This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello and welcome to another episode of the All Things Considered CX Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Asman, and I'm glad you're back for another episode. We've got an interesting guest today who's had an interesting career journey and is doing some wonderful things in the customer experience world. So we're really glad to have Kaz Ota joining me today. Kaz, would you take a moment and introduce yourself to our listeners? Of course. Thanks for having me today, Bob. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Kaz. I started this company, Treasure Data, uh, 12 years ago, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of the company. And uh, we started this company as a CDP, customer data platform. So fundamentally changing the business by customer data. And we grew from three people to now 700 people after, uh, uh, you know, 10 years of our tenure and be having a lot of growth recently too. So uh, we'll share a lot of interesting story today. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and great to hear about the growth. Now, Kaz, before we kind of jump into the details of your company and customer experience, I've I've read some of your background and I really find your career journey to be pretty fascinating. And I know our listeners love to learn about different career journeys because uh-huh. You know, they're never, they're never straight and narrow. They're always varied and, and go a lot of different directions and have twists right. and turns of them. So why don't you take us through your, your career journey that brought you to today? Of course. So I'm a born entrepreneur. My uh, family has been running like a small business. I've been looking at it. So I actually started the first business when I was 21st. And then I started this company, uh, Treasure Data, as a second business when I was 25. And when I was in university, I majored in computer science. And my professor has built the world's fastest supercomputer at the time. And basically, half a million computers combined into one system. And they they run a lot of like mathematical simulation, uh, you know, aerodynamic simulation, obviously a lot of compute, but at the same time, generating a ton of data. And I was a part of the team to build the file system for that supercomputer that gave me the opportunity to handle large, large amount of data. Then I realized that, okay, the power of customer data shouldn't be just for government and research purpose, but we can actually democratize the power of data everywhere. So that's the moment where I was like, okay, let's go to Silicon Valley and start the software business dealing with the data. And I was 25. I can't speak any English, nothing to lose, but come here and then starting the business. And uh, we've got a lot of luck. And then here we are. As the, the fascinating part about it is um, that when you talk about you didn't speak any English at all. And I don't know how many years ago. It wasn't that long ago. It was like a 12 years ago. 
12 years ago and you're, yeah. you're speaking fluent English now. It's, it's, it's Hopefully, yes. amazing. <laughs> yes. And, and that you did that with, without understanding, but could, could build it. I mean, you're obviously your, your background is, is such that uh, you had the technical skills to do that. So, so Kaz, what's interesting too, to me is the whole concept of data. And, and we, we, we're using those terms a lot these days in terms of, big data, data analytics, data right. analysis. And can you, for our listeners, kind of give us your take on it, your definition? What what do you refer to when you say data? Yeah, of course. You know, from the technology perspective, having more data, big data, velocity, variety, all these things is exciting. But at the end of the day, if you have data, but you're not extracting the value, it doesn't matter, Right. So when we started the company, okay, which area actually gives the most value from data perspective to the business? And we concluded that that's customer experience, right? And then especially in the customer experience, there were key trends happening together with the uh, data explosion. One is right now, according to McKinsey, 60% of customer journey of any business is now happening in the digital world. For example, in the automotive space, previously, they go to dealership and make a purchase. And then, you know, on average, they go to dealership five to six times, but now it's like 1.2. So consumers makes a lot of decision and research in the digital world coming to physical and make a decision. So obviously any company has to understand the customer by data and then influence the buying behavior by data too. The other big trend is privacy. You know, 10 years ago, it was a big data era where you collect everything about your consumers. Now with 150 countries out of 200 countries has implemented the uh, consumer data protection laws starting from GDPR, CCPA, you have to get the consent and use the data uh, according with that consent. And you have to honor the right to be forgotten or right to be erased for the consumer data. So that two trends combined, every business right now has to manage the customer data in a centralized fashion for both better customer experience perspective, at the same time be compliant with the consumer data protection laws. Mm-hmm. So Kaz... Um, I find it fascinating the stat that you you said about sixty percent of the organization's journey customer journey is digital. It sometimes it doesn't feel like that as a consumer dealing with some of these companies. Yep. Is that focused on a particular industry, or or what about the industries or uh, types of companies that you work with with treasure data? Yeah, so our, uh, you know, our customer base price, we have around 450 customers and our target customer base is um, the really huge global brands whose revenue is more than a few billion dollars, right? We don't deal with any SMB or small businesses as a company, but just, just the focus, right? Mm-hmm. And then what we see is, you know, I talked about the, uh, the automotive space, right? So we're really good at CPG automotive retail, but we started seeing some life sciences customer comes in, retail banking insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So just take an example of uh, CPG, for example, you know, uh, before COVID, everyone goes to the liquor shop and then buying all these alcohol products. 
But now uh, after COVID, a lot of countries actually allow CPG brands to sell the liquor products online. So specifically, some countries like Mexico or Latin, there's like a huge um, you know, boom of buying alcohol products online after COVID. And then people remain that habit too. So all of the sudden, CPG company has to do their own like direct-to-consumer model and selling the beverages online. That just forces them to transform the business, right? The other example is uh, life sciences where they're selling pharmaceutical products and a lot of salespeople goes to doctor's office and selling the products but now no doctor wants any people to come in after COVID in a mm-hmm. pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So now before uh, all of the salespeople had one hour of face-to-face time to introduce and selling the pharmaceutical products, but they only have like 15 minutes Zoom call to sell, right? So at mm-hmm. that point, CPG company has to really understand what those like consumer is looking for in the digital channel. These life sciences companies are forced forced to have a databases of doctors uh, and then who wants what type of product who is looking for what type of products right so there's this like an inevitable trend happening last a few years uh, specifically now when you mentioned some of your target market cpg as you said in the example you just gave retail automotive those are industries in tremendous amount of flux and change and impact from COVID or chip shortages or yes. supply chain crises. What are you seeing in those industries? It, it must be a pretty fascinating from where you sit to be involved in those industries. Yeah. So the wave of digitalization is certainly coming, right? Like for example, we've been working with one tobacco company and the CEO declared, you know, paper-based tobacco will go away in five years. And we're going to go with the more paper-based and, uh, you know, device-based businesses, and, right? And uh, in the retail, we're working with one uh, company who is like a yoga uh, clothing brand. And not only they provide yoga clothing, they're like, okay, I want to be a experience a brand. So they're using their retail store to have a yoga classes so that, you know, you can actually create the community, right? So... You know, I think a lot of businesses in this area is evolving from just selling the things to provide more experiences. And then the data is the core for that because that's what you are connecting these things and experiences and then a customer journey. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're seeing that across many of those industries. And, the, and you talk about the customer journey how does your platform support that journey process? Maybe explain that to our listeners um, a little bit more about your platform. Of course, happy to. So for example, um, let me talk about uh, one of our customers, uh, Subaru, who is the automaker. Subaru is now able to collect 800 million digital and then physical consumer journey every single day in real time. So the moment you go to website, the moment you use the mobile app, the moment you go to dealership, we're all collecting these data, right? And without treasure data, there are organizations are uh, more siloed 
So every car brands, uh, every you know channels like email, uh, website, uh, advertisement, and even dealership, all these data sets and the systems were managed by different teams. But now Treasure Data consolidate all of the data into one place. Now what you can do is we apply machine learning models to predict who is actually going to buy what product, what at all, and when. And we're passing that information to the dealership sales rep. So let's say, for example, Bob, you came in and then passed some uh, some of the identifiers such as phone number or email address. The sales rep can quickly uh, look up the databases within CDP, customer data platform, and see, okay, 90% of the chance Bob will buy uh, one product with this add-on. While Kazuki came in and then, okay, only 5% of the chance based on that uh, digital journey, right? So that sales rep can spend more time on you. And we actually increase the dealership conversion rate from 18% to 31% in one region. And we generated more than $150 million increase in one region. So that's why Subaru is now implementing this to many more regions. And then, you know, we're estimating the impact is billions of dollars, right? So it's just one example, but, you know, this type of uh, success is happening everywhere right now. So it's it's a very good example. Um, so one of the challenges that we hear often is that companies collect a lot of data, but don't do anything with it. So it's, it's, it's trendy to collect the data, but uh, then, then organizations say, well, what, now I collected all this data. Now what do I do with it? And your example right. about Subaru is a good one where they're actually acting on it. How do you get organizations to, not only collect the data, but act on it. What what kind of techniques or methodologies have you used in your business to con- not only convince people to use your platform, but to convince them to use the information they're gaining from the platform to improve their business? I actually think the collecting data is the means to the success, meaning you have to first think about how you can make your customer experience better, Right or increasing revenue by acquiring new customer or upsell and cross-sell, right? You know, for example, one automotive company, Detroit-based, came in, and they're like, okay, I have all these data and I don't know what to do. And then we have this workshop and they realized that a lot of customers actually purchase when price went down uh, of the particular product, right? So we actually recommended that, okay, why don't we do the price drop notification for the customer? So to do that, we need a product catalog and then pricing history. And then we need to connect with that, the email system, SMS system and advertisement system, right? That's not a lot of data sources in data, but boom, if we implement that use case, the revenue just, you know, increased a lot. Right. So it's like tens of millions of dollars. So I think people always want to talk about the power of data. The more data is better. But without you thinking about how to act on it as a first citizen or first place, you will be failing because it just uh, sits there in your data lake or data warehouse and it's unusable. Exactly. What are some other examples you've seen where? like Subaru, where, where customers perhaps in a different industry, or or are you also dealing in business-to-business by any chance where you're seeing this kind of uh, significant increases in, in conversions? 
Yeah, so B2B is also interesting, right? So the B2B buying process is also becoming more consumerized, I would say. Mm-hmm. So one of our clients has more than 5,000 B2B products and selling into millions of uh, businesses, right? So at that point, you know, it's almost like selling into the consumers, right? And also, if you look at the CPG company, for example, yes, the consumer like us is drinking the beer, but what they are selling into is like local restaurants or liquor shops, which is businesses too. So they also have a B2B aspect. So what we can help is we can actually help B2B2C model or B2B model where, okay, in this uh, one of the clients, they have 5,000 products selling into B2B. But then they have a product catalog website and we track all the behaviors uh, from the accounts. And then we can say, you know, hey, salesperson, um, uh, we, we actually observed, I don't know, 10 uh, website behavior on this product, uh, like a security product today. So why don't you contact that account? And then, you know, uh, our client is getting a lot of traction, generating more pipeline. So you know, that's one example, but it's happening everywhere, as mentioned. So the B2C, B2B is converging for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaz, I knew I, I liked you the minute I met you because I, I do, um, and I'm an advocate that B2C and B2B are, are really are converging and they're right. not as distinct as perhaps they have been in the past. And after all, we're all consumers. So yes. be, be that in a B2B environment or a B2C environment, we're still all consumers and we're making consuming decisions uh, based on our, on our experiences. Um, so that another great example that you provided. So has, what, what are your thoughts on customer experience so along the lines of B2C and B2B converging? What are your thoughts and from your perspective on the world of customer experience and where it's headed and what, what kind of, what does the future hold for us? Yes. So our company has this vision called connected customer experience, right? You know, for example, I've been a you know, customer of one cable company in the United States. And one day I've got this notification that now finally the fiber is available in their area, right? And with this remote work environment, I've been looking for it. And uh, I immediately called my call center of that company. I waited like 30 minutes. They didn't know anything about me after I used this, you know, internet service for 10 years. And they're asking my phone number, even though I'm calling from my phone. And the service agent didn't know about that fiber plan available, right? So it's so frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) And then I go to the retail store for that cable company. And then same thing happened. The salesperson uh, make me wait for long and then... He didn't know about that plan. And then a few weeks later, I've got a notification from a contact center agent that, okay, the fiber is actually not available in your area because of reason XYZ. And they were so disappointed. And I actually switched their career uh, because of that. So that, you know, story is really common across everyone, I hope, including you. And, uh, you know, the customer experience has been traditionally single channel. Mm -hmm. And then becoming omnichannel. And what we're proposing is, you know, it will become more connected customer experiences, meaning it will become more omni-department, right? So every single system or every single person 
who is customer facing should have an access to the customer 360 data so that they can, they can better serve the customer in a consistent manner and also be compliant with all these data privacy regulations, right? So that's where we're proposing. And we're actually working with the one retail brand who actually uses our product to sell online, to sell, you know, uh, in the store. And they also have a digital sale agent, which is dedicated for a, you know, chat window within the uh, website, right? And obviously they use it for the compliance purposes and marketing. So I guess the power of customer data can be unlocked everywhere. And then, you know, traditionally customer experience, it's more talked by the context of marketing, but it's becoming more beyond. It's a corporate wide, uh, you know, efforts where all of the CEOs has to uh, care about. So Cass, it's interesting you talk about that example with the retailer. I was working with a retail client a few years ago and they had um, brick and mortar stores. They Uh had an online catalog. They had, they sold through distributors. uh, So they were B2B. So they were a combination of B2B, B2C, and then multiple ways of, of selling on their, on the retail side. And uh, one of the challenges they faced was how do they capture the point of sale information in a bricks and mortar store that connects if that same customer then orders online so they can get an entire view. What are some of the solutions you're seeing that and doing that could um, to, to connect those? Because I like your thought about uh, omni department, kind of omni connected. Right. Uh, it's so important to do that. Yeah. So we work with a lot of retailers. And then what we usually do is the conversion data is so important, right? Someone goes to e-commerce, but still buy the products uh, in physical retail. Sometimes people go to physical retail, but still purchase online. So uh, in the project we were involved, we usually try to collect the data from POS system. At the same time, a lot of company has disparate, uh, you know, conversion data somewhere between like, okay, customer databases or using uh, e-commerce uh, products such as uh, Shopify or Commerce Cloud, right? So we collect both information and then correlate all of the digital and physical behavior into the uh, conversion. And then we can uh, accurately measure by using machine learning models to predict like which factor actually contributes to the buying propensity or behavior. Fascinating. I I read an article hmm, probably a year ago now about Best Buy was challenged with this. The electronics retailer was was challenged with the same situation where people were shopping online, not buying, coming into the store, touching and feeling it, and then leaving and buying online. And one of the challenges that they faced was that the online, uh, the e-commerce, I don't know if it was a division or what it was, but the e-commerce group was different than the retail group. And oftentimes pricing was different. And you would hear Best Buy associates in the store say something like, well, that's online. Our pricing is different. Right. And you could all you could hear customers say, but aren't you both Best Buy? Kind of like exactly. Right. (laughs) Wait a minute here. I I get you may be separate divisions, but you are the same company. So I think you're spot on with your with your examples. Yeah, those example is like everywhere. And uh, we're here to fix it. Absolutely. And and it's by the way, it's long overdue because um, 
you know, bad experiences continue to plague us. And, and unfortunately, and frankly, I think too many companies are using the pandemic as an excuse. Granted, it was a significant and serious impact, not only on humans, but human life, but, but on retail and supply chain. But I, but, you know, it's been over two years now. And, and I think the consuming public is saying, you know what, you should have your act together by now. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, uh, Kaz, this has been a really interesting conversation with you about uh, customer experience, digitization. We talk a lot mm-hmm. in this podcast about digitization and, and the importance. Um, tell me a little bit about your final words of wisdom uh, before I ask for for one uh, some additional information from you. But what are some final words of wisdom you have to our listeners who are customer experience professionals, or they're working in large organizations, they're struggling with the data challenges that you've outlined. What are some thoughts you have and advice you can give them? Yeah, so sure. You know, again, with the connected customer experience vision, then the world is now moving from single channel to omni uh, uh, channel into omni department, right? So customer experience is not just within marketing, but also becoming more like corporate wide. So the horizontal collaboration across all of the brands, business lines, multiple departments is really the key. And that is really, really hard in the large complex organization. But without doing it, someone who do it is actually outpacing you, right? So it's it's just a, you know, a matter of you have to do it to survive in the next uh, 10 to uh, you know, 20 years. Because consumers' behavior is becoming more digitalized with the Gen Z coming more. And then consumer data protection laws are getting stricter and stricter. So I think all of the company executives has to take customer experience as the first priority to survive next 10 to 20 years. I think you're definitely spot on there. Kaz, it's been great talking with you. Um, Give our listeners the website of your organization so they can check out your platform. Of course. Uh, So our company's name is Treasure Data. We provide CDP customer data platform. And to find more information, please visit www.treasuredata.com. Again, www.treasuredata.com. I'm also helping a lot of customer experience enthusiasts and leaders and entrepreneurs. So please find me on LinkedIn. My name is Kazuki Ota. And then please follow and click. Fantastic. And I love the name of your company, Treasure Data, because that's what we should do with data. We should treasure it because it's a it's a tremendous asset to creating better experiences for our customers. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. You bet. Thank you, Cass. And this has been another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast with your host, Bob Osmond here. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your networks. And as always, stay tuned for a another episode of our podcast coming up soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.